This is 11 on the Ice. Powered by your local Honda dealers. ShopHonda.com. And good evening and welcome to the Cathedral of Hockey Knowledge, 11 on the Ice, sponsored by Honda. I'm Jenna Harner. Joining me in the studio tonight, two of our favorite people in the hockey world, the old 2-9-er, two-time two Stanley Cup champion Phil Bork and Dan Kovacevic from our partner at DKPittsburghSports.com. And today we are talking about the Comeback Kids. Mike, I know these haven't been the starts that you guys have wanted through this stretch here, but what's impressed you the most about your team's response? Well, I know we're a resilient group, you know, and, and so and, and none of these games are going to be perfect, especially early in early in the season here. And, and we're trying to find our way a little bit. The Penguins, without a regulation victory, are sitting in fourth place tonight in the Mass Mutual East Division. Three straight wins and six points. And last night, I asked Jared McCann and Chris Letang about the comebacks, and neither one minced words about their thoughts on it. So you guys have been playing the comeback game a little bit as of late, but you guys still managed to come away with points and have won your last three. What does that say about this team right now? <laughs> that we don't have great starts. <laughs> uh, to be honest, it's not ideal. We don't want to get uh, used to that. Uh, I mean, kind of says that we have to have better starts, to be honest with you. You know, we can't, uh, can't keep chasing the game. we got to come out with better starts. And, um, you know, it, it starts uh, right from the puck drop. Slow starts, resilient comebacks. Dan, we'll start with you, though. You tweeted last night that the Penguins are no closer to being consistently competitive at 5-on-5 five five than they were on opening night. What are you seeing? Well, if anything, the point that you just got there from Latang uh, and from McCann stands. They actually had terrific starts in Philadelphia in the first two games, I thought. And that was something that Latang acknowledged himself. They, they played really well in Philly and didn't get Ws for those. They played really, I thought, lousy hockey for the most part over the last three games and won them all. Uh, this has to change. This team needs to get around to dealing with individual facets, improving certain areas of the game, all areas of the game, really, including goaltending. But they really just, more than anything, just need to be consistent with it. Borky, what are you seeing out there in terms of these starts here? Jen, I'm going to give you a little bit of the player's angle of, of what maybe they're thinking. Number one, to me, it's an urgency and it's a pride defensively. Uh, I'm just seeing too many breakdowns defensively early in the game. Yeah, it's great that you've come back a couple times from down two goals against really good teams like the Washington, a really good team like the Washington Capitals, and then you do it again against the New York Rangers where you're down three to one in that game. You can put that in the brain bank. That's great. You can use it down the road to know you can do it. But in the long term, in a short schedule, it's not a recipe for success. I think they know that. And for me, it starts with a combination of getting the big saves early, but also having that pride defensively to keep the puck out of your net and patience to get to your offense. Yeah, definitely something that they're not going to want to be doing all season long. Well, let's turn to the goaltending. Tristan Jari returns, gets the win, and some high praise from Coach Sullivan. He made some big saves, especially in the shootout, but the quick goals in the second are a little bit concerning. Borky, where do you guys kind of see his game? I love the start that he had. I, I, he had that swagger back. He had that that oozing with confidence that, you know, if you're sitting on the bench, you're going, damn, our goalie, he's there tonight. Let's rock and roll. And it started off really good for, for Tristan, but then it got sideways. I thought it was a combination, you know, on the Kako goal. I didn't like the rebound he kicked up, but I also uh, didn't like the coverage by John Marino on that goal. So you can, you can isolate a couple of moments there, but I think last game against the Rangers was a big step forward 
for Tristan Jari to get back to the game that we saw him last year where he had 20 wins. Yeah, I, I actually loved Jari's start in Philadelphia to keep referencing that again. The beginning of the opening game, I thought he was really sharp. The Flyers came hard. He made all kinds of saves. That's what Mike Sullivan's looking for from him. When you hear Sullivan use little phrases like uh, he competed, and he'll say that about Casey DeSmith. Th believe me, that is Sully's way of making sure that Jari hears that he wants him to <laughs> compete the same way. He loves to see a battle in his goaltender. He wants to see them out there diving, being aggressive, and when he saw that weak point shot uh, come in Philadelphia uh, from uh, who, who was it, Phil? Uh, on the left side, from that oh, Provorov. Provorov shot, unscreened wrister. It can't happen. Uh, that's when he took him out. He wants to see Jari battling. I think we saw a little bit of that come last night. There was a bad spurt, but it was a good rebound, I thought, for him, so to speak. <laughs> well, injuries on defense led to the NHL debut for P.O. Joseph, and it's one that earned some high praise from teammates and coaches. Oh, he played uh, played really well. I think he's a solid uh, uh, two two way defenseman. Uh, he looked like he played like ten years in the league. You know, he's so calm. I thought he defended hard, and he played within himself. He kept the game simple. So um, I, I thought he had a terrific game. How would you guys rate his first effort? And do you kind of see him filling the void during these long-term injuries the Penguins have on defense? Well, I, I tell you that I, I thought that Mike's comment there, Mike Sullivan's comment about staying within himself was the best thing. When I've seen P.O. Joseph kind of lose it a little bit, he's got that long, lanky presence. And you can kind of, uh, for lack of a better way to put it, you can see a guy like that occasionally splattering themselves all over the defensive zone, if you know what I'm saying, Phil, right? Uh, he didn't. He, he stayed compact. He stayed where he needed to be. One of the Penguins' biggest problems has been, and we did see it again with Chad Ruedel once last night, is when you have one per person out of position and then you go to cover for them, as coaches love to say, now how many do you have out of position? He didn't do that. He stayed where he needed to be. I was impressed. I, I really like what the Penguins have done. Going down to 4D, all the injuries to Pedersen and Ricola. They've been able to plug in guys. That Marino goes from the right side to the left mm -hmm. side. You bring in uh, Cody Cece. I thought he was solid. But P.O. Joseph, solid first game. And that's what you want. Keep it simple, man. Do what you do best. Do I, I think what I heard was the guys in the locker room were yucking it up with him, keeping them loose. And he went out there and just played free. It's just another hockey game. It's a reason why you're here. There's a reason why you were first-round pick and a solid first game for P.O. Joseph. Yeah, definitely some impressive skating from the youngster there. Well, we have to talk about the Capitals' COVID situation. Four players out for four games. And right when they were playing the Penguins, Coach Sullivan said it's important to keep an eye on what's happening from our standpoint we're trying to learn through all of these experiences uh and and so that uh so that we can avoid a potential you know circumstance that that washington is going through right now Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Samsonov, and Orlov, the players who are out. Ovechkin's wife posted a scathing criticism. The Caps actually won despite all those missing players. What do you guys make of this situation, and will this kind of be a wake-up call for everybody in the NHL? Absolutely. Four games missed by key players for the Washington Capitals. This got everybody's attention. I know it, it opened my eyes quite a bit. Uh, listen, they beat the Buffalo Sabres. They got the Sabres again one more. Where the rubber will hit the road. They got two games against the New York Islanders coming up, and we'll see how good the Washington Capitals are in those games against the Islanders. But yeah, $100,000 fine for the team and four key players 
missing four games. That got everybody's attention. Yeah, and one above all, obviously, in Alexander Ovechkin. If you if you see that the NHL can take something that seriously against one of its legitimate star players, one of its top three stars. Uh, from a recognition standpoint, then they'll do it against anybody. This is necessary. We saw this in Major League Baseball. We saw it in the NFL where there comes a team that ends up being the example for everybody else. We saw it with the Marlins. We saw it with the Tennessee Titans and the Baltimore Ravens. Now we're seeing it with the Capitals. And obviously the Dallas Stars had a, a, an actual outbreak down there. This is different. Everyone watch what happened, and the Capitals players, the rest of the players, T.J. Oshie and other guys, spoke up against it. Not, they didn't rip their teammates, but they made sure that it was understood that, look, we get why this happened. That's important. Yeah, it's definitely going to be something to keep an eye on as the season progresses here and just how the league continues to handle it. But they came out and made a statement with that first situation with the Capitals for sure. Well, thank you guys. We'll be unveiling the top shelf plays of the week in a few minutes. And we'll take you inside PPG Paints Arena to show you what will be different whenever fans are allowed to return. 111 on the Ice, sponsored by Honda, continues. And welcome back to 11 on the Ice, sponsored by Honda, alongside Dane Kovacevic and Phil Bork. I'm Jenna Harner, and it's time to go around the boards. We'll start with Borky. Who is the standout team in the division right now? In this division, I'm going to have to go with the New York Islanders. They haven't uh, made a lot of changes from when they beat the Penguins a couple years ago in that, that sweep in the playoffs. It's the same cast of characters, pretty much. Yeah, Johnny Boychuk, he retired, uh, and they lost uh, Devon Taves, who went to the Colorado Avalanche. But they brought in J.P. Pajot, and they got Bailey, and they have Lee, and um, boy, one of the more exciting young players in, in Matt Barzell. Mm -hmm. And you look at what Simeon Varlamov is doing in goal. Holy moly, and the team coached by Barry Trotz, you know there's a lot of structure there. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Islanders myself. Um, you know, at the risk of being repetitive, they are what they are, and I don't know that enough people paid attention to what they did to get to the Eastern Conference Final in that bubble. Uh, I thought they were outstanding all through that. Matthew Barzell, for me, is the difference maker. Every time he's coming up ice right now, you can't take your eyes off the rink. Uh, he's capable of beating anybody one-on-one, -on -one and really for the first time in his career, is getting finishes, too. That's not something that he's always been good at. Uh, dangerous, dangerous player. I'm not as high on Varlamov as, as the old 2-9er is, though. I, 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 I don't know. There just hasn't been that consistency there for me. They've, you don't like Russian goaltenders, that's Oh, why. see, here see? it comes. Here we go. <laughs> They've been impressive for sure. Well, we asked for some questions on social media. DK, first up, at what point in a shortened season do you have to evaluate if you are a contender and the moves you would make in the trade market, and does that kind of become heightened with the Columbus deal already happening? Uh, I, I think so. I think it's going to be really difficult for general managers to gauge that. Again, we've seen this now with the other sports, and baseball in particular with the 60-game schedule. They got one month in and they hit the trade deadline. The GMs were like, what? Seriously, we have no idea who's in this and who isn't. I think you're going to have to be realistic. You're going to have to eat some humble pie. Uh, if you're a team like, let's say, a Buffalo or a New Jersey, you get to a certain point. But then you know what? The Rangers did this last year. And remember what happened? They were like, they sold everybody off, and they still ended up making the playoffs. Porky, your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think, well, if you look at the schedule, 56 games, what's the halfway point? I can even do that math. It's 28 <laughs> games, right? So I'm thinking around the 20-game mark. 
I think you have a pretty good idea of what kind of hockey team you have and if you have to make a move. I think it's going to be more difficult this year than any year to make a move because some GMs, they're going to play it safe. They're saying, uh, I, I like my guys. I'm going to stick with my guys. I'm not going to make a move that maybe causes too many ripples inside the locker room. As you know, like I know, GMJR, Jimmy Rutherford, is not one of those guys. Mm -hmm. If he sees that his team is not ready to <laughs> rock and roll and win a cup by the 20-game mark, I think he'll pull the trigger again. Well, going back to social media, with so many new faces both on and behind the bench, what progress do you see in the players responding to the coaches now? Five games in, Borky, we'll start with you. Yeah, I think the only thing you need to know is what happened in the last game when the Penguins were down 3-1. to one. Mike Sullivan used his timeout. He never uses his timeout mm -mm. in the game. He pulled the guys in. He had his leg right up on the bench, and he was letting the guys have it. He was letting them know, like, this is not acceptable what's going on. So, and they listened to him, and they came back and won that hockey game. That tells me a lot. I think it's too early still to tell uh, Mike Vellucci's influence and also T Todd Reardon's influence on the hockey team. I think it's just too early in the season. You know, the best part, though, of Sully's uh, little tantrum there with the players was after he did the thing that Borky just did with the knee up, was with time still remaining in the timeout, he just backs off. And you see this when he went down to the, to, down to the end of the bench and just kind of just... <laughs> did nothing with them the rest of the way to send the message to those guys. Uh, I, I'm going to give Todd Reardon at least a little bit of credit. I like the motion that I'm seeing on the power play. Yeah. I like the fact that the pointmen are shooting the puck, right? Uh, they're getting it to the net. The Penguins just aren't, they're not converting at a great rate, but they're poking in some goals. They're scoring on five on threes when you need them to. Uh, let's face it, if it wasn't for their power play, they'd have almost no goals right now. So a, a little bit of a, a, a cap tip or a stick tap there to Todd Reardon. Well, we're going to go top shelf now with the best highlight reel plays of the week. We put some of our play selections out on Twitter to see what the fan favorites are. And the top choice was that three mm -hmm. on five <laughs> beauty on Tuesday night. I mean, this is just fantastic awareness from Casey to Smith there. Yeah, I didn't want to be the buzzkill who asked Casey, did you mean to do that? Because you could tell if, if you're being there, if you're there and I was at the game, you could see he was looking down at the puck here to, when he shoots it. Uh, he had no idea. What he wanted to do is to get it over the front line of Capitals. The real awareness on this is Bluger going under it like Willie Mays to catch up to it and then finishing beautifully with the backhand tuck there through Samsonov. It really was just a beautiful thing. Well, it would be strange to have this segment without the captain. His OT game winner was the second choice among our fans voting on Twitter. Borky, I mean, this is just classic Sid here. This is classic Sid. Just the nose for the net, just to anticipate what's going to happen. Hey, give Jake a lot of credit. Mm. Give Tango a lot of credit to take something off that shot and just get it to the net. But then the patience of Sidney Crosby to hang on, hang on, hang on, and just barely elevate the puck over the paddle to get the OT winner. A thing of brilliance, but what? We expect it, right? We've come to expect it here in Pittsburgh, but it never gets old watching it. No, I feel like I say it every time. He just makes it look too easy. Now, one that the fans picked out wasn't a goal, but a save. Casey DeSmith facing a three-on-none, and he stonewalls the Capitals. I mean, he looked really solid in the couple games that we saw him play, and this here was just another example. Yeah, and you could criticize the Capitals for, you know, however it is that you'd handle that. I, I wouldn't have minded seeing a shot on the original play, and it is Carl Hagelin at the other end. Uh, Haggy doesn't have the greatest hands, certainly not to match his feet, but... Casey DeSmith, look at the calm. Look at the form that he has. Did you see how he held both of his feet up? He didn't go sliding recklessly. And right after that, 
That ends up leading to a Pittsburgh goal, and you'd love to see that after a big save like that. Yeah, well, a lot of big save and just great anticipation. Trust his reflexes to make that big save on Hagelin. A lot of poise for sure. Well, thanks to everyone for participating on social media. You can keep an eye out to get in on the conversation on 11 on the Ice. The three stars of the week next. When 11 on the Ice, sponsored by Honda, continues. Well, the famous helmet goes to P.O. Joseph, his teammates recognizing him in the locker room last night after getting his first assist in his first NHL game. And welcome back to 11 on the Ice, sponsored by Honda. Time now to reveal your three stars of the week. Dane and Borky each get to pick your stars. We're going to just put them up side by side now and let you guys battle it out. Well, I'm going to start here. And of course, I'm going to go to the captain, Sidney Crosby. Come on, the overtime winner. He's just killing it in the faceoff dot. Both ends of the ice, and Sid just, he sets the bar. He is the example of uh, way Penguin hockey should be played. I got Teddy Bluger number two, not only for that three against five goal, but the late goal that he had uh, against the New York Rangers the other night to uh, help get that game to bonus time. Uh, and I think he's really made that fourth line go. I was worried when Brandon Tanev was going to be off it, but Bluger looks really good. And I'm going to go to Jake Gensel as my third star. Jake had a big five-on-three goal against the Washington Capitals. He almost ended it in overtime against the New York Rangers. I think he's right there. I think he's on the cusp of really breaking out and getting a whole bushel full of goals. Well, I'm going to go in inverse order, 2-Niner, just to build up the suspense at this graphic that we're already looking at. <laughs> um, the only place we, we really differ here is that I, ha I wanted to insert Casey DeSmith. I have a lot of respect for a backup goaltender coming in ice cold off of a short camp and competing. There's that word again. Competing and battling the way he did. No, he didn't make all the saves, but he made the ones that Peng was needed. Two, Jake Gensel for the same reasons you cited. And one, Teddy Bluger, not just for the goals, but I like the fact that he started to settle down a little bit on the face-offs, Phil. Yeah. More than anything else, uh, he, he was getting creamed yep. on draws. And that can't happen. I'm sorry when you're a bottom six center in this league. Uh, he did that, and he came up with some big plays. Uh, a lot of respect for Teddy. Other good thing about both of our three stars here, Neither one of them had Mark Jankowski, which means that this team's best players are what well, we did last week. The, the, the now we're seeing the best players are starting to become the best players again. Well, thank you, guys. That will do it for us tonight on 11 on the Ice, sponsored by your local Honda dealers. For Dan Kovacevic and Phil Bork and the entire Channel 11 sports team, I'm Jenna Harner. Have a great night. It starts with a mindset, a will to win. Can't keep chasing the game. We have to have better starts, to be honest with you. Cody Cece let it fly. I felt like I was part of the team. His number is 73, right between 71 and 87. They got their feet moving now. Trying to hit Johnny back door. And the Penguins score! And none of these games are going to be perfect. It's Teddy Bluger! We're tied at three! They find ways. Making that one look easy. Tony D'Angelo against Tristan Jari. And Jari makes the save!